Welcome to another episode of Estate Planning Nightmares and How to Avoid Them. I'm your host, John Braddock. I'm the author of the Amazon bestseller, Click Here When I Die, and founder of My Life and Wishes, which is an online planning and document storage solution created to make things easier for those you love. Today, I'm going to take a little bit of a, a different turn. We're not going to talk about estate planning nightmares um, because, hey, I'm the host of the show, and I reserve the right to, to talk about what I want, right? So today, I want to talk about something different, because I've recently met a person and learned a lot about a particular topic. So I ask you, our listeners, have you ever heard of a, a death doula? Or perhaps you've heard the term, but not quite sure what that is. Well, friends, today's the day. We will answer those questions and so much more. I'm thrilled to have as my guest... Marnie Blank. Marnie is the founder of Begin With The End. She's a trained death doula, mediator, lawyer, or at least she tells me a recovering lawyer, and family-funded small business owner. She completed her death doula training through Going With Grace, mediation training through New York Peace Institute and Elder Decisions, grief training through Living Through Loss, Counseling Society, and she is NEDA proficient. Marnie's goal is to create a safe space to learn and talk about death, dying, and grief. This includes accountability in completing advanced directives, end-of-life planning, creating legacy projects, and facilitating conversations within families. She brings deep compassion, active listening, practical resources, and a healthy dose of humor to her work. Death and grief affects us all. The more we connect with our families, communities, and ourselves, the less fear plays into these important discussions and decisions. She's written articles for Trust and Wills and Lantern. Please help me welcome Marnie. Marnie, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so glad to be here, John. Terrific. Now you are in New York City, if I'm correct. I am. I'm based in Brooklyn. Wonderful, wonderful. And uh, before we jump into death, Dula, you told me when we first met a while back that you were a recovering attorney. What does that mean? <laughs> it means that I was practicing. I, I went to Brooklyn Law School and I practiced for about five years, both for state um, and federal government in New York. Um, and then I decided that it wasn't my passion. And so I have gone into entrepreneurship since, but I use my law degree all the time and, and basically everything I do. But um, I am in recovery mode and that I'm not currently practicing. <laughs> I understand. Um, and, and it's so true. You know, I, I ask people all the time, what is your why? Because I'm curious. I want to know why people do what it is they do. And it all boils down to what you're passionate about, right? And uh, if if we work in an area that we're passionate about, it's it's really not so much like working at all. Um, but again, it's 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 helping others, helping to solve problems, um, which is which is truly wonderful. So I completely it, agree. I mean, it's you know we're here for a limited amount of time, as we both know, we should be doing things that bring us joy. Um, and we can always change directions, which is a beautiful thing. 
Absolutely. So well said. So for the listener, because I had heard the term death doula uh, for, for the last couple of years, but really wasn't 100% sure what that was uh, until I met you. And uh, it, it's really intriguing. So can you start by sharing uh, with the, with our listeners what what is a death doula and and then your passion behind it? What inspired you to become one? Sure. So a death doula is a non-medical professional who helps navigate the emotional, the practical, and the logistical components of death, dying, and grief. Um, so as you sort of touched on, the practical could be helping with advanced directives and end-of-life planning and pre- and post-death logistics. Um, there is the spiritual and emotional. It can be creating rituals or incorporating traditions into someone's um, last days or helping someone think about, you know, where they stand with death. Is it something that scares them? Is it something that um, that there are blocks around um, thinking about the end? Um, and it's offering grief um, support and respite for families um, at the very end um, and for the person who is actively dying. Um, and then there's educational. Um, I work with people of all ages. It can be, my current clients range from 29 to 55 right now. Um, so it's people who are starting to think about planning um, at different life stages. Um, people who have just had children, who have gotten married or divorced, who are starting to accumulate wealth and are thinking about these things. And it's educating people around their options, around what, what's needed. It's a really, um, it's a very large topic and a lot of people need help navigating it. And so that's sort of where death doulas fit in. Um, and then for me personally, um, I got in sort of from my um, estate planning nightmare, which is that um, I was at work one night and I got a phone call out of the blue from a hospital saying that my mother had been in a freak car accident. And um, I will skip to the end that she is okay. But in that moment, I was not only thinking about, is she okay? It was, oh my gosh, I have all of her paperwork. She had gone as far as to get the will in order and, and the power of attorney, but I hadn't signed off on them. I hadn't gotten the things that I needed signed or witnessed or notarized in some cases. And in order to be with my mom at the hospital, I had to scramble and do all those things first. Um, and when you're dealing with logistics, you cannot be in grief. Um, and when you're in grief, it's really hard to deal with logistics. And in the ensuing months of dealing with all the, the things that I had to deal with, um, it was very overwhelming. Um, and I thought if I had this emotional block around dealing with paperwork that had to do with my mother's death, other people would. Um, and I felt very lonely in the process and didn't want other people to struggle the way that I did. And so I ended up taking death doula training because I wanted to understand all the aspects that I didn't know at the time um, so that I could support people um, in a more holistic manner. Wow. That's amazing. And thank you for sharing a, a, a personal story. I'm very happy that your mother was, uh, came out of, of that yes. scenario. Um so being a death doula, I understand, and we'll touch on some different aspects. So yeah, in short, how does a death doula differ from like other roles in end of life care, such as, you know, hospice or things of that nature? 
Yeah. Um, death doulas are a work in tandem with so many other um, aspects of the death industry. So um, we work with hospice, you know, hospice typically um, offers respite support at the end through volunteers um, and volunteers typically volunteer about three to four hours a week. They offer social work services and usually a nurse um, and death doulas don't have that time constraint. They can be hired by the families individually to sort of fill in the gaps um, so that someone has more support um, and that the families have support in between when hospice is available to be there for them. Um, they also work in tandem with estate planners, financial planners. It's really about creating a holistic experience for a client. Every aspect is needed. Um, and so we're just a great add-on to other people who are helping those get their planning in order. Got it. You know, it, it, it's interesting. And, and when we talk about planning and, you know, and in ages, so your particular clients, as you indicated presently are between 29 and I think 54. So when, when we talk to people, we know that, uh, people that have actually made an end of life plan or estate planning um, under that age is only about half. It's actually less than half who have done it. And, you know, people are always like, oh, well, you know, I have time. Well, do we? Because I don't have that crystal ball, right? Um, or, you know, it's bad luck or, you know, whatever their excuses are. But as you know, based on the clients that you're working with, they fall into age groups where so many people haven't even had a conversation with family or have an estate plan in place. And, you know, the potential nightmare for not being prepared, as uh, we all know too well who work in this world, can be, can be devastating for family. It's, it's uh, so true. A lot of people that I work with come to me because they've had a parent who passed away and it was a nightmare and that they don't want it to happen again with the other parent, that they saw what happens when things don't go right and that they wanna feel more in control, more empowered and to be able to start having those important conversations when they didn't get to have that the first time. And and that is when you know the light bulb goes off for a lot of people. It's it's when that thing doesn't go right because to your point, so many people are worried about having the conversation with the parent, not wanting to make them upset, or um, thinking, "Well, I have plenty of time," or "I don't have that many resources. I don't need anything yet." That's something that's definitely important down the line, but not for me. Um, and, and in reality, we are not guaranteed a long life and, um, and we know what happens to the people left behind when we don't have our ducks in a row. It's, it's not, it's not pretty. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, it, it's interesting because it, it always seems like, you know, talking about, you know, your own mortality is this taboo topic, right? They shouldn't be talked about. And one of the uh, uh, biggest aha moments I had when we started creating My Life and Wishes in the company is some of our key advisors said, you know, one of the biggest uphill battles that you will experience is that people don't know 
they have this problem until they have the problem or experience it with someone else. So, you know, one of the reasons, um, you know, I've started this podcast and have uh, invited wonderful guests like yourself is to 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 get the word out there because people it's, it's okay to talk about death. I mean, come on, folks. I, I'm going to die, right? I'm not going to be the first, and I'm not going to be the last, and it's going to happen. It's and the I, one thing we all have in common, quite it, honestly. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's you know, death and taxes, right? But a lot of people don't pay their taxes, but death <laughs> is still certain, <laughs> right? It's so, true. And it's, it's funny that when you start talking about it, it becomes so much easier to have these conversations. It's that breaking of the seal, you know, when, you know, now everyone that I know knows that I do this. Um, and so whenever there's an article they see about death or dying or grief, they'll send it my way. You know, my Instagram's full of people just sending me articles they think I'm interested in, but, but that's great because they are aware. They're now more aware of it because we're talking about it. And that's really how we change how people think about death or, or planning. Oh, exactly. You know, it's funny because I have friends who say to me like, John, dude, you spend your life. All you do is talk all day long <laughs> about death. I mean, isn't that like, you know, just it's horrible. And, you know, my answer is, well, no for number one, because my mission is to educate people. Number two, um, I don't have that fear because I have an estate plan. I have everything laid out. And so if I don't make it home tonight, I know that it's going to be far easier for my family than if I hadn't done any of this, this plan or, or got things you know put together. So, so no, it's not, it's not horrible to talk about it's part of life. It's a reality. Yeah. I was born. I'm going to live. I'm going to die. You know? Well, so let me ask you this question. Um, if you can, and, and I respect confidentiality and those kind of things, but can you share a story of a particularly impactful experience that you had working with a family? Well, I've had a couple Yes, I, I can. But um, there's one that didn't happen to me personally that I thought was a very telling thing um, that was relayed to me recently. I was having a conversation with a, a funeral home in Brooklyn um, that I very much um, respect and, and they're really changing the game um, in the um, in the death space. I would honestly have my birthday party there. It's so beautiful. Um, but the, we were having a conversation and we were talking about planning. Um, and they said that they were currently dealing with a family where the mother hadn't had any planning and order and half, there was a large, there was a large group of children. I think it was four children and they were split on whether to creamy or, to bury the mother um and it it it's in court you know the the mother is sitting um waiting you know at the funeral home for months because the children are fighting and so not only is you know this woman not you know not interred not in the ground but also it's causing a huge rift between family um and that's not something that when one just heals from when it gets to to court 
Um, and so that, that to me was just, you know, this in a nutshell, you know, how can we have these conversations in advance? How can the children um, get on the same page because they know their mother's wishes. You know, when you don't, there's all of this pressure put on the family to make choices that, you know, if they just had a clear directive of what to do, this wouldn't have gotten there. Um, and so that was something that really stood out to me. Um, and in terms of other planning, um, I have another client who, whose mother you know, doesn't really want to talk about it, hasn't fully flushed out her, um, her wishes, but she has said that she's hidden money around her apartment, that when she dies, basically her children are going to have to go on a treasure hunt. Um, and, and that, again, puts a lot of stress on the children, you know, who might be clearing out a closet and not sure if, you know, there's a coat pocket full of $50 bills or not. Um, and this is, you know, this is an extreme example, but it's, it happens. It happens all the time. Um, and so, again, when, when things are figured out in advance, um, you aren't putting the pressure on the ones left behind. Oh, yeah, you, you are so right, you know. And as, as I always say, you know, uh, some people say, well, hey, death is a time that brings family closer together. And um, I would... Uh, contest that statement and say that death in the family can become one of the most divisive times in a family, much like your situation that you just mentioned with what do we do with mom? And some of the kids say, well, no, we should, we should bury her and have a plot and, you know, where we can go visit and those kind of things. And we have others who are saying, nah, cremation. And if we don't clearly express our wishes, uh, family is going to fight about it. I mean, Michelle and I have six children. And I mean, we couldn't agree on what movie to see, what to eat for dinner, uh, and those kinds of things, much less leaving them to make these real heavy decisions. In that same vein, regarding uh, cremation, as an example, in a podcast I released yesterday with Laura Cowan, who's an estate plan attorney, also in New York City, by the way, um, she told a story about uh, a woman who had planned and had done her will and uh, put all of her directives and final wishes together. And when she met with the family after, they knew she wanted to be cremated, but weren't sure what to do with the ashes. And when they went through everything with the attorney, with Laura, um, she showed them clearly spelled out that because mom was a, uh, a traveler, she loved to travel and do things, that her wish was that they uh, take her ashes up in a hot air balloon and and scatter the ashes, um, which they ended up doing and provided them with this, you know, great peace of mind that we're, we're honoring uh, mom's wishes and, and doing what should have been done. That's so beautiful and so personal, you know, and that's how it can be, you know, the the silver lining of what happened in my family is that we've become much more open about talking about these things. And I know exactly now where my mother wants her ashes scattered in a very specific area. And both my sister and I are on the same page about it. There is no question. I know exactly what to do. And that takes a huge relief off of me. It's hard enough to grieve someone um, without the added 
question marks. And so I think it is really starting to have the conversations early so that it can be personal, it can be beautiful, and it can be a celebration um, and not just, you know, a stressful situation. Oh, exactly. And to the other point you brought up about hidden money and saying, oh, my kids are going to have this uh, treasure hunt uh, to go on. You know, you know, I encourage all my listeners, if you're hiding money, make sure someone knows where it is or, or, or at least leave a good treasure map so they can find it. Because on some of my previous podcasts, you've heard uh, the story about the gentleman whose father had actually buried gold in the basement. And uh, so, so, so I won't go into that story, but, uh, you know, maybe dad was a pirate. I don't know, but he hid, hid gold in the basement. We had another uh, gentleman who uh, hid all his poker winnings in, uh, in a jacket pocket in the bedroom closet. Um, you know what happens to the clothes, right? The, the survivors gather yeah. the clothes up and off to goodwill they go and off goes $15,000 with it. So if you're hiding money in the Campbell's soup can, steak in the pantry or other places, be sure someone can find it. Oh, that was just wow. um, in The Bear. I don't know if you've seen that show yet, The Bear, but season one, there was uh, some hidden money. And I guess I shouldn't spoil it. But yes, there is. There's a whole plot around it. So The um, Bear. Wow. The I'm Bear check that out. on Hulu. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to have to get into that. So, so let me ask this. Thank you for, for sharing some of that. So, um, you know, obviously uh, you can be involved, uh, you know, at the very end of life, if someone brings you in, but, but also on the front end, um, you know, when, when they know the time is coming or, or even work with someone like myself, right. Who, who you know, I don't know when my last day is going to be, I've got an estate plan and things, but there's things that uh, I think you can share uh, uh, with our audience that, that might be helpful to when the day comes to just make things uh, easier. I know you do like uh, uh, legacy projects and those kind of things. Can you kind of give us some ideas about that? Yeah, absolutely. And before I get into that, to your point of people coming to me before the time, I recently worked with someone who came to me because she worried her grandfather, her grandfather had mentioned to her that he had regrets and he was in his nineties and that she really wanted someone to talk to him because he hadn't opened up to the family about these, but she was so sad at the thought of him passing while having regrets that she wanted me to talk to him. And sadly, before we had that conversation, he did pass away. And, you know, this is, this is the thing. It's, you know, for me, it's how can, how can I live my life without those regrets? You know, never going to not have some, but the big things, how can I get to the end and feel that my life is complete, that I have said, said what I want to say to people, shared that I love to who, who wants that, given forgiveness or sought forgiveness. And, and that's a huge thing that people can do before the very end. Um, and that, that's that's impactful um, because you know some of our listeners are religious and and some are not and you know there's always the you know deathbed confessions and those kind of things and I want to see my priest and you know get some things off of my chest but 
But for those who are, you know, it's such a good point, you know, beyond the some secrets shouldn't be taken to the grave. There might just be some things that, you know, I regret in my life, things that I've done, people I've hurt, people I've harmed that, that maybe they're not still here. Um, maybe I just can't bring myself to have that conversation with them. But if I can right. share that and lighten the, the, the burden, Absolutely. It doesn't, it doesn't have to involve anyone else, but oneself. Um, it can be writing, writing letters to people, whether you send them or not, there are ways in which to, to get things out, um, and not take it with you and letting go in a certain way. Um, and legacy projects are something that can help with that. It can, it is a way of releasing information, giving knowledge. Um, for me, legacy projects are about how do you wanna be remembered? Um, and it can be passing on generational knowledge through um, audio recordings of your life history or stories or words of wisdom. It can be um, creating an heirloom quilt um, of important textiles that are within the family, like a tablecloth or, you know, shirts um, or ties. It can be recipe books of family recipes and the stories behind them that you create for the rest of the family. There's so many beautiful ways in which to capture someone's essence um, and pass it along. Um, and that's really all we can do at the end is we live on through those who we love um, and how can we share more of, of a piece of ourselves with them. You know, it's interesting, you know, you talk about uh, things and you reflect back on, you know, I remember, you know, my grandparents and, you know, grandparents always love to tell stories, right? But, you know, when I'm a teenager, I don't want to hear those stories, right? I, yeah. I got I to gotta go play ball in the backyard or I got somewhere else to go. It's like, thanks, Nana, but, you know, we'll talk later. Um, but the one thing my grandmother, Nana, uh, taught me um, because we grew up across the street from her, was how to cook. And so I am one of those uh, men that love to cook and do the majority of the cooking in our household. And it's all because my grandmother taught me. And she was an amazing cook. And if I had all of her recipes, and I have no idea whatever happened to all those because she died in uh, the early 90s, um, boy, I mean, that would be amazing. So, you know, think about the things that you all have, uh, people, and and what might be sentimental or meaningful to someone in your family and set it aside or, or make something for it. You know, we just recently yeah. added, as you know, Marnie, into the, the My Life and Wishes, into our, our vault, um, a section called the Video Vault, which is a place where I've always wanted to, and I'm glad we've added it now, it's a place I can upload short video messages to my family, to, to each one of my children, to my spouse, um, and, you know, a full, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, a legacy, you know, will, if you want, you know, life's values and those things. I love that. And you can even use that to capture certain, you know, sentimental objects that it, they may not have you know, monetary value, you might not be putting them in your will because they're worth thousands of dollars, but they have very important significance to you as a human. And why do you have that? Or where did you get that? And creating a video to be like, please don't throw this out. This is, 
you know, this came from my grandmother and, you know, traveled from X, Y, and Z. And so there are ways in which to capture even the little things um, so that people know, you know, and don't just throw them out as, you know, what is this, but, you know, understand the meaning behind those things. Exactly, exactly. So as we're winding up on our time, um, let me ask this question. Is there uh, something I didn't ask uh, you that maybe I should have or might be uh, good information for our listeners? I think just, I mean, what you do is so important in the work that I try to help people with is organizing, organizing in advance, making sure that you have all of your documents in the right place and are, um, you know, someone knows where they are, that they're easily accessible, whether they're online and um, in a physical location, um, and that people know the little things, you know, how do you get into your apartment? Who has keys to your apartment? Um, you know, the dog, you know, what are their favorite toys? Are they scared of certain things? Um, what's their vet? You know, I have a full page on my, I have a, I have a dog. And I have a full page in my end of life documents about taking care of her and, and what that involves so that someone can just come into my life and know exactly what to do. Um, and then the other thing is we just don't know what we don't know and, and ask questions. You know, it's an overwhelming topic. Um, and what we've talked about is people are very uncomfortable with it, but there are so many reasons out there for how to start these conversations with with your elders, how to start having the conversation with your spouse um, or anyone. Um, and there are ways in which to have support in a topic that um, you may not feel comfortable with and therefore shy away from. Yeah, so, you know, my big takeaway is, you know, look, if you're in a situation where you or a loved one is, is, is near uh, the end of life and you're not sure all the things to do, uh, would be to contact Marnie. Um, and if she's in your area, she could assist or she could certainly refer you to others in other parts uh, of the country uh, to help. If you're not sure where, you're, you're, you're not on your deathbed, but you're not sure where to get started with, with planning. You haven't done an estate plan or something, or maybe you've done a, 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 a DIY will and things, but you don't know all the other things to include. Uh, Marnie's the kind of person that can help you through that process, um, you know, step by step, the simple things like, you know, what happens to, to the dog, who takes care of the dog, you know, where do we, you know, how do we access your smartphone, your laptops and all the other things. So, um, you know, that, that's amazing. So if, if, if our listeners want to reach out to you, if they just have general questions, about, you know, again, what is a death doula, or if they want some ideas, um, or want to contact uh, perhaps a doula in their own area, how could they reach you? Yeah, you can find me on my website, which is beginwiththeend.co, um, or you can email me at marnie at marnieblank.com. And those will also take you to my Instagram page um, where I post a lot of content um, and information. And, and honestly, anyone who just has questions, I'm happy to answer anything that people 
um, have questions about, I offer a 20 minute free consultation for anyone who's, who's interested. Um, and if I'm not the person, I have so many resources for people who can assist. And, and that's really what it's all about is getting people the resources that they need. That's awesome. And, and thank you so much, Marnie, for joining us. I know, uh, you know, our listeners have, have learned a lot today. Um, I certainly have uh, more so since the last time that we spoke. Very insightful. Um, I appreciate you. I appreciate the work that you do in helping families. And, and same uh, to you. My Life and Wishes is, is a great resource. Um, anything that helps people organize at the end is, is amazing. Oh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And to our listeners, again, thank you so much for your time in joining us. And as always, plan ahead and make it a great day. Thank you for listening. You can subscribe, listen, and download all the Estate Planning Nightmares episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. We'd be grateful if you would save our show to your favorites and share them with others. Remember, life is messy, but death is messier. You can learn more about My Life and Wishes Legacy Vault at www.mylifeandwishes.com. Plan ahead and make it a great day.